interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Joe Burrows is that man. I talked shit about him earlier, or, or pretty much all season, but he, he just seems to get better and better. I think the main reason I talked shit about him is because he beat my Vikings in week one and they didn't deserve to win that game. Whatever. 28 for 37, 348 yards. He did have an interception only because Samaj P. Ryan can't catch. But the Cincinnati Bengals pulled the upset at Tennessee, the number one seeded Tennessee Titans, I should say, 19 to 16, despite being sacked a playoff record nine times and under pressure all game. He just hung tough. He delivered big time throws. He did have some help with yards after catch, but you need that when your O-line is is turning in an atrocious performance like that. I mean, Mixon was held in check as well. 14 carries for 54 yards. He did have a big touchdown. So, I mean, hats off to the Tennessee defense, to the Titans. Their defense definitely played a good enough game to win. They held them to threes instead of sixes. Ben, don't break. He gave up a couple big plays. Like I said, the yards after the catch, he had the Jamar Chase screen takeoff for, what, 50 yards. They, they just had some big plays, but they, like I said, Ben, don't break. It, it was a good defensive performance by Tennessee. But Ryan Tannehill, unlike Burroughs, got almost no help from his playmakers. 15 for 22, 220 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Two of them were tipped and then picked. But ultimately, what failed Tennessee is coaching. Everyone is hating on Tannehill. And yes, he could have been better. But number one, you score your first touchdown and you are down six to zero. So it's six to six. And the Bengals got a penalty on the play that they scored on. So instead of kicking the extra point, you go for two and then you call the most predictable bullshit run play ever. Even if you convert. What the fuck does eight to six do? Ooh, just in case they get that safety. Yeah, that's a pretty common fucking play. Like what numbers or analytics analytics did you use to decide to go for two there, Vrabel? It's just stupid. Then the fourth quarter, you're tied and you're in field goal range and you decide to go for it on fourth and one and fail. Again, tie game, chance to take the lead. Not once, but twice. I have no fucking clue what Vrabel is thinking. This is the playoffs. If you have a chance for points, you take them. If you have a chance to take the lead, you always take it. I I don't understand. Unless I didn't pay attention to their kicker all year, and he's the worst kicker in the game and can't make extra points in a field goal in the clutch. But I don't think that's the case. And people, this is not his first time doing this stupid shit and gambling for no reason. He has a history of this going back to his very first season ever with Tennessee. I believe they were 6-10 and 10 his first season. I think. Somewhere around there. 7-9 and nine maybe. But he was going for it on fourths or going for the win many times, which is okay to do when you have a bad team and you're trying to prove yourself as an aggressive coach. But now you have a good team. Now them points matter. Now those decisions are coming in the playoffs and in massive games. Like, I don't understand what he was doing in this game. I also hate that typically he doubles down on his decisions if he's right. Now, I didn't watch any post-game pressers because that shit bores the shit out of me. 
and the coaches almost never say anything interesting. It's all the cliche bullshit, whatever. So I don't know what he says after the game, but he should have been taking full responsibility because a, he's a bad play caller in the spots anyway. So what I mean by that is when he does decide, Oh, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for the win. He's clearly a bad fucking play caller when he's doing that because the plays aren't working and they're not winning the games. That's how I know that. And B, like I said, they lose the fucking game. Like I, Oh, I just, I don't understand. Not even going to mention the second interception being 100% in coaching as well. You get three to four big runs to start the second half for the Tennessee Titans by Henry and then Dante Foreman busted a 45-yard run all the way down to the Cincinnati yard line. So you're getting probably fucking, well, they had four carries for 66 yards to get down to the nine-yard line. So do the math. They're averaging about 15 and a half yards a carry. And you immediately try a play action screen to the outside to a wide receiver. Well, got tipped straight in the air. The linebacker corner that blitzed corner safety, whatever that blitzed. He didn't fall for that play action. All ran straight at Tannehill had seen that play before. Got his hands up, tipped it, picked it. You lost a scoring chance right out of half. That could have changed the momentum of the game. There's just no reason to pass after again, four carries got you 66 yards. It was with ease. You were running the ball. And also that's your fucking identity. That's what you like. I just, it was just stupid. Vrabel lost the Titans this game. In my opinion, not Tannehill, not Derrick Henry, who wasn't that effective in his return. 20 carries for just 62 yards. He did get into the end zone off of that wildcat type formation. And it was pretty awesome to see him get into the end zone, coming back from that injury, playing with, what was it, a plate and five screws in his foot. But no, this one wasn't on anyone else besides Vrabel. He got out coached by a rookie, a playoff rookie coach. Zach Taylor was great. Now they had more than a couple of drives that stalled and settled, talking about the Bengals now. And they had to settle for field goals. And obviously that's something they will have to address in the AFC Championship, but he took the points when he had opportunities. He saw what type of game this was. And his team never looked rattled. Even after Burrow's interception led to A.J. Brown's big touchdown, they kept their focus and they stayed right in it. Yeah, their offense had a couple punts, but their defense just kept standing up the Titans' offense like time and time again. It was pretty crazy. Typically when... When you keep punting to Tennessee, that that physical run game wears on you, and they start breaking them big plays late in the game, and that was not the case. The Cincinnati defense after the third quarter was great, and they were great in the first half as well. Letting Tannehill make the mistake. Now the last interception was off his receiver and then intercepted, but I didn't like that throw at all. It's a rookie receiver. It's in tight coverage. It just wasn't a good spot to try and force a ball, especially when AJ Brown and Julio are having good games and they're two of the very best wide receivers in the NFL. One thing Vrabel didn't do, whether you're for or against icing the kicker timeouts, I would have called it at home. Instead, Vrabel's season ends with the timeout in his pocket and disappointment again. Titans end their season at 12 and six. 
Again, they were the one seed, so it was a, obviously a good year. The Bengals, they came in and took this one. Burroughs was great. The only thing he didn't do is pass for a touchdown, but he was also getting his head ripped off all game. Like I said, if you're sacked nine times, I don't even want to know the amount of times he was under pressure then. The Bengals are moving on to the AFC Championship. They're going to travel to Kansas City. Title Town, my fucking ass. Aaron Rodgers is a choke artist. LaFleur and Hackett. And for you Packer fans who don't know who Nathaniel Hackett are, because I thought you did, it's your fucking offensive coordinator, and he sucks. The Packers' season is done. The San Francisco 49ers come into the freezing temperatures and shock the world. 13-10, and holy hell, did their defense play an amazing game. The coaching was brilliant by Shanahan, per usual. If Jimmy G wasn't fucking horrible, they might have won this game by 10 or 14 points, maybe even more than that. Now, that being said, his two first passes were absolute dimes, but George Kittle and whatever the fuck, Ayuk, they aren't used to having perfect throws, so they dropped them. But the San Francisco defense was up to the task every single time. They were getting put in bad spots time and time again, and that didn't phase them. The, the offense just kept punting the ball, and that was one of the things I actually said coming in. You cannot give Aaron Rodgers extra possessions. Well, I forgot that he doesn't like to play big and win or go home divisional or NFC championship games. It was a classic old school defensive gritty game because let's talk about the Packers first off. Yes. I'm going to talk about the Packers fans actually quick. Yes. We like to see y'all lose. Like what? You're our division rivals with the cockiest, dumbest fan base in the Midwest. And again, you're our literal rivals. Why in the fuck would we cheer for you? Second, and Aaron Rodgers has been kind of running the division forever. Of course I want him gone. Second, your special teams did not lose this game. Yes, they were bad. That's obvious. I don't care. Your MVP, your GOAT, your franchise savior after Favre, Aaron Rodgers lost them this game. Now, like I said, coaching was bad. Special teams was bad. But your Aaron fucking Rodgers audible if you don't like the plays and the plays aren't working switch the fucking play move the ball get rid of the ball instead of holding it until you're sacked don't force it to randall cobb late like i do not understand how y'all are still dick riding him this hard and not giving him the blame when brett Favre would throw interceptions after leaving his heart on the field every damn game and being way more passionate than rogers and caring a lot more you guys your fan base was calling him dumb and calling him a choker. But Aaron Rodgers does the same things, minus the interceptions, still choking. And you defend him till you'll go to your grave with that. Never his fault. Nope, never him. It was McCarthy. It was their defense. Well, y'all have been telling me how good Lafleur is. Your defense played amazing in this game. Didn't even allow a touchdown. And then when... The only time San Fran got in your red zone, you, you forced Jimmy G to throw a terrible interception 
It just makes zero sense how the Packers fan base acts and thinks. And there's no reason NFL fans don't cheer for your team. There's another, sorry, not no reason. There's That's another reason that most NFL fans cheer against them. Because if they go to Green Bay, they hear how nonsensical it is. Also, don't worry about who we cheer for. Like, why the fuck do you even care? Is that really how mad you are? Gargle Rogers Mayo a little bit more and cheer for your team. Well, at least we made the playoffs, Caleb. Well, guess what? The Vikings won just as many playoff games as y'all did, and therefore our seasons were both shit. I just don't get why you can't say. Repeat after me. Rogers choked. Rogers choked. Because the same thing happened this year as last year and many years prior. Rogers getting the ball back, leading the game multiple times. And here is your GOAT second half summed up. First possession of the second half, Rodgers in completion, Rodgers in completion. Third and 10, he took a check down to Aaron Jones for six yards, punt. Their next possession of the second half, 14 plays, 57 yards, and it ended with a field goal. Of those 57 yards, Aaron Jones rushed for 19, and the defense had a 10-yard penalty. Rodgers did hit Devontae Adams on a 25-yard play, but then on second and goal, he threw a pass behind and ahead of Aaron Jones and uh, took Aaron Jones to the ground just trying to catch it. That was two yards. And on third and goal, he held the ball, taking a sack, leading, like I said, to the Crosby field goal. Third possession of the half comes with six minutes left. You're up seven. Two-yard run by Jones. Incomplete pass by Rodgers on second. And then took another sack on third. Punt gets blocked. San Francisco picks it up. Scores the game time touchdown. 10-10. to 10. But Rodgers has, has time. He's got this, right? We've seen him do it a million times, right? Not in the postseason. Not in the postseason. So, he gets the ball back. You're tied at 10. Final possession of the game for Green Bay, right? Rodgers in completion on first. Penalty backed him up five yards. So they replay first down, and he takes a short pass to Devontae Adams for four yards. Second down should have been an interception. It was an awful throw to Randall Cobb. Forced to pass to his left, and Randall Cobb played good defense, and it falls incomplete. Third and 11, you got to have it. Got to have it. Tie game, season on the line. And if you punt from there, you're, you're giving San Francisco pretty good field position. He throws an equally awful pass into deep co- into double coverage deep to Devontae with a safety plane over the top when he had Lazard wide open on a deep cross in the middle of the field. So the pass falls incomplete and they got a punt. So I just listed all the possessions with the lead or tied. And I know you heard how many incompletions there were and how many bad throws there were. Like, I don't understand the, uh, whatever San Francisco goes down. Jimmy G made a couple good throws, uh, which, and I don't really get this down the stretch. They're putting Devondre Campbell one-on-one with George Kittle. And he was just running the quick little slant and it worked every time. Even Jimmy G could see that that was not going to be guarded by green Bay and bears fans. Congratulations. I know you were happy watching Robbie Gold, your your 
I don't know if he's Hall of Fame, borderline Hall of Fame kicker, best kicker you ever had, and Green Bay's season, and yelling, fuck the Packers afterwards as he dapped up Jimmy G and gave him a hug after the game. Anyway, back to Rodgers. He got outplayed in the clutch by the worst quarterback in the playoffs. It was seriously despicable. And I'm and I am very curious to see what Rodgers does as well as Devontae Adams because they are both so good. But it's becoming very re- realistic to me that Rodgers could retire. I mean, we'll we'll see. A lot of things up in the air. But that that was a pretty shitty way to go out and he didn't seem too enthused about playing football. And also the last couple of years, he's been kind of setting some things up off the field for his post-football career. We shall see. Lafleur is good looking, yes, but he is not some great coach like people say. He's not bad by any means, but he should honestly fire Nathaniel Hackett. And I have no clue how that dude is a big-time candidate for a head coaching job over their defensive coordinator. Because the Packers' defense, as much as I hate on them, their defense was great all season. And and again, they were amazing on Saturday. They should have won that game. Their defense was definitely up to the task. But that Nathaniel Hackett is a a head coach candidate for a lot of teams. You have arguably the best quarterback in the league and wide receiver, a top eight running back, a top three left tackle, a good O-line all around. And you put up 10 points at home, and this is not the only game where the offense looked constipated this season. Their defensive coordinator deserves a job before Hackett, in my opinion, as I said. Because the only time that their defense really didn't look good was against Kirk Cousins. But that was a pretty electric offense all year. And the truth remains, no team that has ever lost to Kirk Cousins in the regular season has ever won a Super Bowl. Or even gone to it, I believe. So the Kirk Cousins curse lives on. What a stupid fucking stat I found. As for San Fran, what an absolute show your defense put on. Your offense converted, I guess, when it had to. I mean, I shouldn't even say I guess. They did. They did just enough to eke their way into the NFC Championship. And they're going to play the Los Angeles Rams. Because Sunday was just as insane as Saturday, the whole weekend, let me just start by saying this as I as I get to the Rams-Bucks game. The entire weekend was absolutely fucking nuts. I haven't seen football that good across a four-game stretch in my life. Usually you get one blowout or the end's not really thrilling where the team with the lead will have the ball and they're just running the clock out. But... It was just insanity all over. The GOAT goes down after an insane comeback comes up short. The Rams, moving on, beat the Buccaneers 30-27 to in Tampa Bay, and Matthew Stafford is that man. 28 for 38. 366 yards. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. And if it wasn't for Akers and Cup catching fumbleitis, they would have absolutely rolled the Buccaneers in this game. Now, real quick, Brady, in what might be his final game, we don't know. I don't think he retires. 
Real quick, though, he went 30 for 54, not efficient. 329 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The Rams, like I said, they got hit with fumbleitis. They were up 27-3, and nothing was going right for the Buccaneers. So this game really didn't look like it was going to be anything, even like late in the third quarter. But then Tampa's defense started ripping at that ball, and the Rams ended up fumbling. Akers had two. Coop had just or cup coop. Cup had just the one, but three times in the second half is not acceptable. And that's why we all think the NFL is rigged. Because why the hell did they just start fumbling the ball all over? And then if you look at that snap, um, the one that went past Stafford, it, I I found it hilarious that they played a slow motion replay after that. Because Stafford's just like looking around, looking around, looking around. Not doing anything, not audibly, not talking. And then all of a sudden the ball just goes by him. Like, And then if you look at how he dove for the ball, please go look at it if, if you don't remember. He dove at the defender's legs with his arms tucked into his chest and stomach. He didn't even reach out for the ball. He just went to hit the defender's legs to make it look like, I don't know, it was pretty fishy. For you to tell me that the NFL is not rigged, you'd have to have some pretty substantial evidence that it's not because all season long, there was craziness, play calls, flags, fumbles, turnovers that may not have affected, like I said earlier in the year, it doesn't necessarily affect the result of the game as as far as who wins, but the point spreads. And again, the NFL signed with five major betting sports companies this year. So... Just a little side note, because this game just looked really, really fishy. However, the Buccaneers turned all those mistakes into points. Brady, please don't retire, because that bomb you threw to Mike Evans to tie the game was so beyond beautiful. And you were missing your two main guys that you absolutely needed against a defense like that. I mentioned how inefficient he was, but again, I told you that was coming. They don't have Antonio Brown or Godwin, the guys who run those quick, short, intermediate routes. Get open, get rid of the ball quick. They're playmakers. They can get yards after catch, everything like that. He had neither of them. He had only deep weapons and Gronk. Please don't quit, Brady. As for Stafford, I don't know how you hide that absolute monster in your pants because what a couple throws to finish the game. Hits the deep out, or relatively deep out, that... Puts them, you know, it gets the ball rolling. And then hits Cooper Cup on that. Ran right by Antoine Winfield Jr. Right down the middle of the field through an absolute dot. Because the pressure of that situation, he could have easily missed that throw. Now, the next game I'm going to talk about is Allen versus Mahomes. And it doesn't get much better than that, but... Like, those quarterbacks, when I talk about it, like, everyone was just talking about theirs, but they quickly forgot how great Stafford was. He was just as good as anyone this weekend. And he has this look to him that this postseason that, to me, like, when I watched Stafford play these last two weeks, he's saying, fuck you to all the doubters. Because, oh, well, he didn't finish the season great. He's reckless, blah, blah, blah. Fuck that. Sidearm throws. 
changing arm angles, running free yardage, no-look passes, touch passes, lasers, deep balls. He's looked spot on and relaxed through all of it, especially, like I said, given the situation that deep ball to Cooper Cup to end the game, it was absolute money. Absolute money. OBJ had a solid game, six catches for 69 yards. Coop was amazing besides that one fumble, nine catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. And I will say, for Stafford having those targets, it definitely helps. Not to mention McVay putting together a masterful game plan on both sides of the ball. Again, you're on the road. You're winning 27-3 against the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Then the NFL being rigged, kicked in. I mean, you just didn't see that coming. I didn't see that game getting close. I really, I was so close, man. I had a couple people over watching the game. I was so close to turning it off. It, it really wasn't fun to watch because it's not just that Brady was inefficient, but like they couldn't do anything. However, I, I mean, I'd like to think that a lot of quarterbacks given that many chances in the second half would have came back. It's just that Brady never doesn't come back in that situation. And so all that stacked up against them and Stafford again, just comes and lays that big old hammer right on the bucks logo and goes right down the field, puts him in field goal range game over into the NFC championship. Where, as I mentioned earlier, they are going to host the 49ers. The Chiefs. Holy shit. I I really... I could talk about this game for five hours, but I'm not going to. It was a miraculous win in overtime. Literally miraculous. 42-36 to 36 was the final, one of the best quarterback duels in NFL history. The game was literally neck and neck the whole way through. Trading punches back and forth. It stayed close pretty much the whole game. I think the Chiefs, for a brief moment, got a 10 or 11-point lead, and then the, the Bills scored back-to-back touchdowns, and they took the lead. You cannot play better than either guy did in this one. Josh Allen, I rip you a lot, but I have nothing but respect for what you did this postseason. I, I have nothing bad to say because you you were sensational. I'd kill to have a quarterback play like that. In this game, he finished 27 for 37, 329 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and also 11 carries for 68 yards. He was just getting it done any which way he had to. All my criticism out the window after that. He showed he can do it in the big moments, in the big spots, and in the big games. Patrick Mahomes was just a little bit better. 33 for 44, 378 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, seven carries, 69 yards, and had a rushing touchdown. Now, all four touchdowns for Josh Allen were caught by Gabriel Davis. Have yourself a day, young man. Eight catches, 201 yards, and again, four touchdowns. And 
He really just took advantage. Sorry, I spaced out there for a dumbass second. I'm kind of spacey today. I don't understand what's going on. Gabriel Davis just took advantage of what the defense gave him. It was a great game plan. The Chiefs' defense was so keyed in on Diggs. Diggs only had three catches for seven yards. Pretty incredible because we all know how good he is. But Josh Allen said, fine, take him away. I'm just going to use Gabriel Davis, and it worked all game long. Josh Allen played his motherfucking ass off. And again, I cannot say it enough. He played well enough to win. 99% of the time your quarterback plays like that, you're going to win the game. But their defense, that was great all year, just didn't show up. Tyree Kill had a big game, 11 catches, 150 yards, one touchdown. Travis Kelsey had eight catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. All the star players in this game played well except for, you know, Diggs, but they were kind of focused on him. And when you have star players and teams that are loaded with them, and they're executing at such a high level, you get this. You get one of the playoff, one of the best playoff games ever that that I've ever seen anyway. And to get four games like this is special, but this one, ending the weekend, was, to me, by far the craziest. The Bucs had some sloppy shit happen. The Bengals kind of won without protecting their quarterback all game. Tannehill had three picks. It was kind of sloppy. Green Bay and San Fran was, I mean, the punters were just kicking a frozen brick around the field all game. This game, though, had literally everything. Everything was done at a high level. And so so here's what it comes down to for me. The Chiefs have guys like Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and other guys other speed guys like McKinnon and Hardman who are as fast as anyone in the entire league. So you're, you're 20 yards back. And I saw this a couple years ago at Dallas before the half. Now this one went for a touchdown because Dallas kind of fucked up and missed some tackles. But as soon as the chiefs see you play that far off, they do a super quick underneath screen to Tyree kill and let Kelsey and them guys go block. It's an easy play call. They picked up a quick 19 yards timeout. Then another quick pass to Kelsey where they were loose and off. He just says hot, throws a laser beam at Kelsey. Kelsey runs, and it wasn't even a hard field goal. It was like a 38-yarder. It was money by Bucker. Game goes to overtime, and then a beautiful all-around drive where they ran the ball, threw it short, took their shots, and it ended with a beautiful back shoulder throw to Kelsey in the side of the end zone. Touchdown. Boom. Chiefs are in the AFC Championship for the fourth consecutive season. And they will play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. As for the Bills, man. So, so, so close. And to have your season end back-to-back years in Kansas City, If you played sports, you know how heartbreaking and mentally draining these types of losses can be. Only difference is if they get back, or only difference being that these guys, when they lose, they go back to their mansions and go on a one-month or two-month-long vacation in fucking paradise, dropping a couple hundred grand on themselves for the offseason. So, to be rich, wouldn't it be nice? Gotta get a drink of coffee quick. This shit is delicious.
Apple, Spotify, Anchor, however you listen. Make sure to stay tuned and click that star notification button in the top right corner so that you can be notified whenever I release an episode. If you don't follow on Snapchat at Fandummies, F-A-N-D-U-M-M-I-E-S, or Instagram at Fandom underscore pod, F-A-N-D-U-M-B underscore P-O-D, then you need to be doing it. If you're not doing it, do it. Because if you don't have a Snapchat or Instagram, but you have the apps, just click the notification button. Oh, shit, fandom post today. My favorite show. Gotta tune in. Nah, I'm just kidding. Thanks thanks so much, as always, for listening. And make sure to share your favorite episodes for me as well. It helped me out. I don't really give a shit if you do or not, but I'd appreciate it. Quick update on the NFL Bracket Challenge. Many of your brackets are garbage. And you're officially eliminated. So many of them had Titans versus Packers, Packers versus whatever. And and I even had a Packers Raiders. I had a, a Packers uh, Patriots a couple times in there. And it was just not going to happen for you guys. Thank you for your donations. I have 24 remaining brackets. And most of those, you have a very small chance of winning. There's really only a handful, I'd say four to five, that are in contention. But, I mean, if you have one or two of the four remaining teams, you're still technically in it. So, good luck. $420 coming your way for the winner. Rams versus 49ers. Now, the 49ers have won six straight games against the Rams, but I really, really, really do not see see this game going in their direction at all. Jimmy G is awful and has been awful through the playoffs. Stafford is the complete opposite. He is absolutely on fire and dialed in. I cannot see this game being close. And that's coming. Like I, I love what they've done this postseason. The 49ers that is their defense is great, but I'm going to take the Rams 27 to six. I still think that the 49ers defense and the, I think both defenses are going to be tough, but eventually Stafford and McVay will punch it in. And with all that talent and offense and given that many opportunities, I think that there's just no way that that poor defense can, can win them another game. I think they're going to be on the field too much, get tired, give up big plays and Jimmy G he'll turn the ball over at least twice in this one. I think I love Shanahan, but again, this is a four to six win team without him at the helm. Like just an average coach in the NFL would struggle to get, I mean, maybe eight wins because they do have playmakers on defense, but I think the talent discrepancy is just too big in this game. And the 49ers, again, it's been great to see. It was amazing to watch you beat Green Bay, but I think your season's coming to a pretty tragic and quick and abrupt end. When you have... Two coaches of this caliber that are, they're pretty even. I'd say Shanahan's better, but McVay's right up there. He's been amazing since taking over for the Rams. I mean, he took Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. But the difference in quarterback play is just too much. You got one elite, potentially Hall of Fame quarterback in Matthew Stafford. And you have Jimmy Garoppolo who... Honestly, two years from now might not be a starter in the NFL. 
I just don't believe another big upset is coming. Quarterback, again, I, I just can't say it enough. I could sit here and say it a million more times and you'd get annoyed. But it's usually what makes the difference in these games. Now, I know Nick Foles and Brad Johnson and those guys and Rex Grossman have been to Super Bowls before. But I don't believe they played a Matthew Stafford caliber guy to get there. I don't know for sure. But I also don't believe that this San Francisco defense is as good as some of those defenses. Yes, they can pressure the shit out of you with four. The front seven's great. It's the back end that I worry about. Because you got OBJ, you got Cooper Cup, you got some Higby's been good. The run game's been pretty good. Now, I think the Buccaneers kind of shut it down, but the Bucs do that to everybody. I don't know. I just, I can't, even with the upsets and how great they're playing and how hot they are, I don't see them beating them. And also, I don't know what the numbers are, but I would find it pretty hard-pressed to believe that any team goes 3-0 against one particular team in the NFL in one season. Those numbers cannot be in the 3-0 favor. It's got to be 2-1. I, I just, I don't, and it's kind of like the, um, the uh, shit brain fart, like the, the Packers and Bears used to be, where the, like the NFC Championship, actually, I don't even think I'm referencing the right game. Whatever. My my point being, that was absolutely retarded. Sorry. Put it this way. You can win regular season games. Okay, wait. Here's one. Saints versus Bucks. The Saints are 4-0 in the last two years in the regular season. What happened when they played in the playoffs? Brady went in there and laid his schlong on him. It's a different caliber of football. It's a different. It's a high level. It means a lot more. Your season is literally on the line. The regular season, you can drop a couple games. And the 49ers won them, and that's great. Congratulations. They beat them to get into the postseason. And I think the Rams end them here in the postseason in dominant fashion. Gosh, that was a lot of stupid rambling I just did. I couldn't think of it. And the whole time, it was actually the... I wanted to say, when the Packers won their Super Bowl, I wanted to say that that year the Bears beat them twice. But I don't know if that's true. I wanted to say the Bears beat them twice, and then the Packers came into Lambeau, or came into Soldier Field, and beat Caleb Henney in the second half. Again, I can't remember if they beat them twice during the regular season, but that was the example I was searching for. The Chiefs are hosting Cincinnati in this game. I don't really think it's going to end that close either. I seen it being a good first half and then the Chiefs pulling away. I think what helped the Bills stay so close was that Josh Allen is such a good runner and creates plays. And I'm not saying Burroughs can't run, but he's no Josh Allen when it comes to running. He's not as powerful. He's not as fast. He's not as athletic. He doesn't have the crazy arm strength on the run that Josh Allen has. I mean, very few people out in the world do. But I think that defense for Kansas City will play much better and make some some plays turning this Cincy offense over at least once. And the reason that I think Kansas City's defense will play better is the Bengals don't line up and call power run plays for their quarterback. 
that's an entirely different thing, whole different element to game plan for. Again, I'm not saying Burroughs can't run, but you can't tell me that they're running power formations using tight ends and running backs in the backfield as lead blocks for their quarterback. That's just not how they play. They have way too much talent on the outside. Burroughs is a pocket quarterback type player. I mean, Kansas City's defense has been pretty damn good all year. And Josh Allen is one of the few players in this league who he could carve up any defense like that. So yeah, I I just I I I don't see the Cincy offense to me wasn't great last week. Joe Burrows was great, but their offense as a whole was not great. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't protect Joe Burrows well enough. And they escaped Tennessee with a win. This is not Ryan Tannehill. This is Patrick motherfucking Mahomes. So your offensive line either has to play the game of its life or Joe Mixon has to go off and you have to keep KC off the field. And again, I don't see it happening. As for Cincinnati's defense, I mean, Ryan Tannehill was able to hit numerous throws down the field, and that's what worries me. This is Patrick Mahomes. Again, this is Patrick Mahomes. This isn't Ryan fucking Tannehill. So if Ryan Tannehill's hitting some deep balls, deep crossers, deep down the sideline, whatever it may be, Patrick Mahomes has a bigger arm. He's more accurate. He takes more deep shots. He has faster players to get to that second level that he's throwing them to. He has an elite tight end. I don't even know who the fuck Tennessee's tight end is. So I I think that matchup-wise for this secondary in Cincinnati, it, it really worries me. And that's why I think this one's going to get out of hand. Unless somehow Zach Taylor and that DC create a very high-level scheme and execute it to perfection where they keep Mahomes and Reed uncomfortable and off-balance, giving them different looks, all that other shit, blah, blah, blah. But I don't see that happening simply because they don't have the players to do that. I'll take Kansas City 41-24. to I do think that Cincinnati's offense is pretty electric and the Ram or the Chiefs secondary sometimes can be a little questionable. And when you get those weapons that Joe Burrows has, you you're eventually going to put up some points. So I do think they'll get over the in the twenties. And it was a great run for the Bengals and 49ers overall. But I am taking the Rams versus the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I have from the very beginning. Well, okay. So a lot of you question me because obviously I'm friends with a lot of my people who listen. And you're like, oh, you said the Buccaneers. Blah, blah, blah. I did fill out a bracket, okay? And I know no one's going to believe me, but my bracket's still perfect. I picked the 49ers. And I picked the 49ers to beat Green Bay for one reason, one reason only. I dislike Green Bay. I didn't actually think the 49ers were going to win. I just figured, fuck, it's a crap shoot anyway. I don't really want to pick Green Bay. Rodgers does choke. Fuck it. Why not just go for an amazingly unpredictable upset? I didn't share my bracket because I honestly thought it was going to go right in the shitter. (laughs) I didn't think Cincy and 49ers were actually going to make the conference championships. Most people didn't. But 
here we are at the end of the day, back to the games at the end of the day, talent coaching and quarterback play gets you to the Super Bowl in these high level games. I believe the Rams and Buccaneers control all three of those factors. That about does it for my recap and short little preview there of the games. Looking forward to tomorrow's UFC special with Taylor Hauser getting his thoughts and some 22 per, 2022 predictions. Also a small recap of UFC 270. So tune in tomorrow as well. We're probably going to release it pretty late at night. It'll be available for you Wednesday morning though, for sure. My only advice today is get better at picking games all season long. The polls I was running, you guys were not very good. Gotta be better. Packers suck. Sports are awesome. Peace. Everybody love everybody!